Hello and welcome to the Vegan Business Society podcast, where I share inspiring success stories and strategies of vegan business owners and entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Sarah Wright, owner of vegan food company Coco Manor and the wellness platform Modern Wellbeing. You're listening to episode two with Lucy Parker of popular food blog Lucy and Lentils. We speak about Lucy's work with media, including the BBC, which social media channels are best for networking, how to start a vegan business with little investment, how Lucy's work, which started as a hobby, has taken her to countries including Israel and Japan, and how to diversify as a food photographer and recipe creator. I hope you enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back to the Vegan Business Society podcast. Today I'm really excited as we'll be speaking with Lucy Parker, the creator of the popular food blog Lucy and Lentils. Lucy is a food photographer and plant-based recipe creator with an incredible 147,000 followers on Instagram alone. Lucy has carved out an impressive career working with the likes of BBC, IKEA, Sainsbury's, Waitrose and many more. And today she'll be sharing her journey of being a vegan entrepreneur. Hi Lucy, how are you? Hello, I'm good. When you're reading all of that out, I'm sort of sat here like, oh yeah, that, that does actually sound quite cool when you say it out loud. <laughs> <laughs> it is cool, you need to know. it's very impressive. <laughs> I mean, well, yes, it, it, it sounds it, but um, sometimes I think you become almost immune to it when you, you know, anyway, sorry. That was very humbling to hear, thank you. <laughs> No, it's good. Thank you so much for joining me today. I've been so excited to talk to you. I've been messaging you on Instagram, like trying to get questions because I think it's fantastic what you're doing. Oh, well, thank you. Um, It's very much likewise. In all the stuff that you've been doing for the NHS, I feel like you're the real hero here. (laughs) Can we just, yeah, (laughs) take a minute? (laughs) Right, so my first question is, when did you first discover vegan food? Um, so I think if we wind it right back, pre-vegan, because, well, I mean, vegan was a thing, it's always been a thing, but I was a veggie from probably about 12. Um, I just, I just knew I did not like eating, uh, animal-based products. It just wasn't my thing. Um, and I kind of didn't, I didn't really get into sort of vegan food probably until I was at university. Um, I think it was my second year. Um, cause I remember cooking eggs in my first year, so I, I mustn't have been, or tried to cook eggs. It was awful. It was a disaster. Um, but yeah, so probably my second year of university then from then it's just kind of been a steady, um, you know, sort of going up the ladder and, and learning more things and trying new things. Is that how you transitioned to vegan then? So from veggie to vegan, did you start experimenting with different sort of egg replacements or things like that? Oh, I mean, I'm still still experimenting with egg replacements. I feel like that is the hardest thing to crack. That and the vegan halloumi. I feel like once they nail them, the world is going to be a great place. I mean, I've seen this this thing that's going around called Just Egg, um, but it's not. It's sort of in this sort of yellow, beautiful yellow bottle, and it almost looks like um, whisked eggs. It looks great. People use it for like um, savory pancakes and things like that. So I'm yet to try. But yes, sorry, going back to the question. Um, yeah, it was just trying out. Um, it wasn't so much as replacing. It was more just 
um, discovering more recipes with vegetables. So I wasn't really one for kind of replacing meat supplements or eggs or things like that. I kind of just kind of wanted to really get a hold of some good vegetarian recipes. So there was a lot of sort of Indian cuisine that I was doing because actually a lot of Indian food is naturally vegan um, and delicious. Yeah, that's that's great. I think a lot of people fall into the trap of having sort of meat replacements and veggie burgers and things like that. So it's really good that you that's how it got you experimenting. More yeah. vegetables. Yeah. I know you studied interior architecture and design at university. Can you tell me a bit about your journey, how you started the blog and how did it all begin with Lucy and Mentors? Yeah, so, um, I mean, if you want a, a better way to waste 57 grand or 47 grand, I mean, why not go to uni and then not use your degree? So, <laughs> um, no, I'm joking. I mean, I did actually go into the industry for a year um, and then I just really felt like it wasn't my thing. I didn't I didn't quite feel like I was getting a buzz out of, out of that line of work. So um, I started the Instagram account back, again, second year of uni. So it was about when I started to transition and experiment more with vegan food or just plant-based food. Um, and I started it just purely because I really couldn't cook. Um, and I thought, right, let's get some inspiration because that's kind of when the whole clean eating hype was huge on Instagram. And, um, you know, you could almost not go viral but you know that was far, far more easy to kind of get your stuff seen so I was just experimenting and uploading really rubbish recipes and rubbish meals um so many of which really didn't taste good but then I kind of got almost addicted to it you know I, I loved um sharing things on there and then people saying oh this looks really good and then you'd almost get addicted to that kind of feeling of you know of the social media likes and all this kind of stuff um and then it just kind of grew from there naturally. Um, and then came the blog. My boyfriend actually is pretty, he's quite good at web development. So he was like, you need to get a website. So he was the one to really push me to do it. So I'm really grateful that he did actually, because it kind of, it kind of grew alongside my, you know, I was doing my degree and then this thing was growing alongside of it. And actually because it got to a stage where I could kind of hop across and actually do that, you know, do it full time now. So yeah, I feel very lucky that it kind of pushed me to do it, which is good. Oh, that's amazing. We'll give Lou a bit of a shout out. Hey. <laughs> um, how did you come up with the name Lucy and Lentors? I wish I had a really cool story for this. I really do. I just don't. I think I wanted to call myself um, Ginger in the Kitchen or something to kind of, you know, sort of pun with my hair. But I think all these kind of witty names were taken. So... I just, it was like alliteration, you know, what vegetable could I, could I, could I find alliteration with? Or so I ended up being lentils, at a, you know, a pulse. <laughs> it's really that boring. I'm, I might make something up though. So next time I get yeah. asked that. <laughs> I come up with a crazy story, but that's good. I love your name. So how would you describe your cooking style? Um, I'd say quite lazy, actually. Um, I, I do like, you know, stirring slowly and, and, you know, especially if it's like dals and curries, I love taking time to make something like that or even bread. You know, I love, I love making bread actually, but I'd say 90% of my meals, I want them to be ready in under half an hour and I don't want loads of fuss and bath and, you know, I just want to get something on the, on the hob or get something roasted and for it to taste really good. So it's, it's quite lazy actually. Um, Almost still like I'm in student mindset, really. 
I love that though because I feel like you were one of the not very many people who are kind of making vegan food less complicated I think everyone worries all the time oh what on earth do I eat as vegan but all of your food doesn't it just looks so like kind of filling and delicious and people that think vegan food is a salad and vegetables on a plate you kind of bust that like a lot of carbs so if you do go onto my instagram it's just beige food almost there's not really that many salads on there oh no it's incredible so when you first started lucy and lentils were there any challenges that you encountered and how did you overcome them um so not not so much when i started this because i think it was it was more of a hobby at the time so i didn't really have that pressure um, as if I just launched a business and I really wanted it to work. So I was quite lucky in that sense. But especially now that I am full-time freelance, I think that the most, the biggest thing that I struggle with is when I don't have uh, motivation. And that's usually when I don't have a lot of work on. So for me, it's kind of riding the wave of ebb and flow and just trusting that, you know, if you've got a few quiet months or just a quiet month in general, you know, don't panic, work will come in and try and find inspiration through other things because I'm terrible. If I'm if I'm busy with work, I think I'm the most productive I'll ever be. You know, I'll manage to fit time in for like working out, walking the dog, working all the hours of the day, still catching up with friends. And, you know, just generally I can do everything. I feel like Wonder Woman. And then in contrast, when I don't have work, I feel really sluggish and unmotivated and I can't really be bothered to do anything. So I think for me, that's something that I'm really trying to learn and, and come to terms with. Gosh, I can really relate with that. It's like you find so much time in your day. Like it's like, where did all of this stuff come from when you're more yeah. busy? It's crazy. Do you have any tips on staying motivated or like how to structure your day working as an entrepreneur? Um, so I do, I do kind of like to start every day with a kind, a bit of a routine. So for us, I say routine is as simple as getting up, going for like an hour long dog walk, come rain or shine, um, coming back, making a really good coffee and then just sort of writing myself a bit of a list. And even if it's just that simple, I feel like I've started my day with a bit more structure. I've got out, I've got some fresh air and, you know, you come back and you almost feel ready for the day. Um, and then, yeah, just be kind for yourself as well. Or be kind to yourself, I should say, because um, sometimes if you lack a bit of structure, again, just notice that. Don't punish yourself for it and, and just say, right, OK, what can I do tomorrow that's going to make me feel like I've achieved something, whatever that might be? Um, so, yeah, just don't be hard on yourself. <laughs> no, I love that. I think that's a really good, simple but powerful message, actually, um, which will get through. And then in terms of structuring your day, what does a typical day look like at the moment for what you're working on, your projects and things? Yeah, so um, I'd actually put up on Instagram today that work has been really quiet in August. And I think it's just generally quite a quiet month for a lot of people, let alone the fact that, you know, COVID is going on. Um, but a normal day when I do have, you know, a really nice full inbox, I usually get up and I'll plan what I'm going to post on social media that day, which sounds really silly, but actually for me, it's all about kind of engagement with people and making sure that I'm constantly, um, putting things out there that are generally interesting and people can actually use and helpful. So I'll try and think to myself, right, what content am I going to put out that's actually going to help somebody or make them inspired to cook something? So I'll try and start with that. And then, um, then it's a case of shooting 
work for clients. So um, today I've been shooting stuff for Panasonic. So it's like going to the shops. You will know what this is like. I spend most of my time asking Louis to pick something up from the shops or begrudgingly trudging out there myself and, you know, and then forgetting something and having to go back 10 minutes later. Um, and then I'll, I'll start recipe creating. Um, so it's either recipe testing. So I get to eat lots of food that day or um, actual photography. And that takes me hours. I can literally spend two hours just on one shoot for something, um, just sort of photographing the stages and the process and making sure that the client's going to be happy with it. So sometimes it's like WhatsApp chats and constantly sending updates of what's going on. So it's a bit of a mix, but usually cooking and photography. Cooking and photography. I love that. And then do you work mainly with businesses or brands? How has that developed? Because I know you do a lot of collaborations and things like that. So it used to be 50-50 where actually I do recipe creations and photography for smaller brands, like startup brands. Um, And it wasn't anything to do with Instagram for me. It was just, I was just creating stuff for their social media, for marketing, for PR um, and for their websites and things like that. Um, But actually... It's oh, and then the other half was um, branded work, so sponsored work for Instagram. So some someone like Panasonic or Tilda Rice and people like that. Um, but actually, it's kind of gone a bit more in terms of the sponsored work now, and less photography for local businesses. So again, like I've shot work for Thirteenth Element, which is like a burger company in Nottingham. They're brand new. Well, say brand new, but a year year in. But that's kind of lessened a little bit due to COVID. And I think smaller companies, their budgets have become a bit more restricted. So that's kind of died down a little bit. But then actually it means I can spend more time doing branded and sponsored content over on Instagram, which um, it almost sounds quite, uh, you know, um, a little bit risky to sort of rely on sponsored content, especially when it can be so frivolous. But I try and make it, you know, as good as it can be. No, that's brilliant. Have you, so in terms of sponsored, um, your sponsored work that you do, have you used social media as a powerful tool for networking or what's your method of sort of marketing your business? Yeah, so um, I think at the start, a lot of the time I would actually use LinkedIn. I still I still do LinkedIn every now and then, but actually um, it's a really good place to get to know um, editors for magazines and um, you know social media managers for certain companies and um, people who work within you know places like um, BBC. I'm sure that's where the BBC link came through was through LinkedIn because I was sort of popping up work that I was doing and I think that's where they sort of scouted me out on there. Um, but other than that, actual Instagram um, and even if you're just cheeky enough, if you do want to sort of get sponsored work through there. If you use a product from a company that you really want to work with, you know, tag them in it or just send them a message saying, hey, I've just made this. It was fantastic. I really loved these. Um, and it can just be as simple as that. And then you can get a conversation rolling. And then you might say, well, you know, I'm just putting it out there. If you'd ever like to work together, here's my email. And it can just be something as simple as that. I love that. I think LinkedIn is definitely an underutilized social media channel that people yes. forget about. Yeah. And when you first started your journey, you said that you started out just with the blog and it was on the site of university and work. How was the journey in terms of at what point did you decide, right, this is the time I can go full time with this? What did it look like, your transition? Yeah, so similar, do you know how I was saying about um, 
when you when you motivate when you've got loads of work on you seem to fit all the hours of the day you know you seem to almost make more hours of the day it was kind of like that on the progress of coming up to a stage where I was ready to sort of take the leap so I was coming I'd sort of got to a stage where I wasn't matching my wage but it wasn't far off it and I thought to myself right it's kind of now or never and at that moment in time I actually got made redundant from my job so that in itself was like an absolute clear message right this is it it's now or never you've got almost got the ground taken from under you um and we were also buying our first house so I think the contract had just been signed just the week that I was made redundant so thankfully we could still get the house <laughs> like, no, got to... anyway so that, that was all right so we're moving house we then got a dog it just all was happening as soon as I was trying to start this business. So I almost felt like my head was just spinning with all these different things going on. Um, but actually, the month or two after, when everything sort of settled, it was a case of really working out what I actually needed to earn. Because a lot of the time, I think we set ourselves goals for the first year. And we don't need to earn what we think we should earn. You know, we can actually get by on 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 surviving on a lot less I think so that's a good thing you know take away that pressure to say to myself right I'm going to match my wage I'm going to top it I'm going to you know so I think just work out financially what you actually need and and you know hopefully hopefully you can match it um but yeah I'm just sorry I go off on a tangent I do this all the time I feel like you've asked me one question and I go off into space and I'm like <laughs> I'm bringing it back <laughs> but yeah the transition was um it was interesting. And, and like I said earlier, the thing that I've learned from being freelance is trust in the ebb and flow. You know, when the work is dry and it's quiet, it will come back in. You just have to have that trust that it will come back in and it will be okay. Yeah, it's good actually going off on a tangent because it leads me on to other questions that pop up into my mind. <laughs> I know on Instagram, I love that you share so much about living a sustainable lifestyle and also ways that you do that at home, which I think is really inspiring for a lot of people. Have you found that you've kind of developed more of a vegan lifestyle as well outside of food in terms of the products you use and the, the clothes that you wear and things like that? Yeah, definitely. definitely. So um, in terms of sort of the vegan lifestyle, it's really interesting because actually as soon as you start really picking apart a lot of the system, um, you kind of notice that a lot of things are very unethical and really not that great so you know if you really fully believe in animal rights and um you know making sure that there's equality you then have to look at fast fashion and where you get your clothes from and you know that's a whole area that really you need to focus on because you know you might say that oh I'm super ethical in the food that I eat but actually you know I buy loads from Boohoo and misguided and stuff like that so yeah I, I only really buy second hand at the moment have for years actually um which is probably why I look like an old wardrobe a lot of the time but I mean I'm okay with that <laughs> um and then yeah and then buying locally so I really do believe in and supporting your green grocers so we've got some great ones here in Nottingham um and um also just focusing on where your food is coming from so even something down to avocado everyone loves avocado toast and things like that but actually the air miles that are linked to those little green beautiful things of goodness it's really not that great it's not that sustainable especially if you live in the UK I should say if you live in a country where they're grown then you're okay you know it's not it's not got the air miles attached but I think when you start looking at 
you know, all these things that you're bringing into your life and you're paying into and you start really questioning it, it kind of, you know, you, you realize, oh, actually, this is way bigger than just, you know, what I put in my mouth. Yeah, it's about the avocado, actually. I haven't tried it yet, but I read somewhere in a magazine that the new thing is, because of the air miles, broad bean Yeah, yes. tried it. It's okay, it's okay. Um, I don't think it's as good as Avo. I mean, Avo is lovely. That's why we all love it. But um, no, it's good. Lots of lemon, salt, pepper. Uh, yeah, it's good. Amazing. I need to try that one. Um, so when you started cooking, were there any like bits of kitchen equipment that you invested in? And what were the sort of costs when you started up the blog? Or were there any? Did you have it all together? Yeah, so again, I was at, I was at uni. So I was proper grimpy with my money I really I didn't want to spend anything that I didn't absolutely have to and I still kind of feel like that now which isn't not good you should invest and you'll, you'll always get return but so so let's break it down kitchen equipment I would always say a really good quality pan um I've got a circulon pan and I think it was about 40 or 60 quid but it is the best pan I've ever had. I never burn anything. Everything cooks beautifully. You know, you don't get awful burnt onions when you're cooking them and it just works a treat. So having a good pan is an absolute kitchen essential. Having a good knife is also a really good essential. So you don't have to blow the bank. Um, you can get some really good ones for even like 30, 40 quid. But honestly, that will last you so much longer than any, you know, multi-pack that you buy in TK Maxx or wherever. <laughs> Um, so in terms of equipment, that's, that's handy. I remember I also got a food processor with one of my, um, student loan things that came in. <laughs> I bought a Maggi mix. I mean, what, who does that? So, um, yeah, that's how I knew I was supposed to go into food really. But yeah. that was a really, really good investment. Um, again, it'll last years and it, it's used in so many of my recipes, which is really handy. But in terms of, um, business startups I mean you can spend as much or as little as you like it really is that that much of a, a varied answer because to start with I hardly spent anything on my website I didn't you know pay for any logo design or anything like that but actually I'm starting to realize that the people's businesses who look slick and amazing you know they, they're paying a lot of money for um, designers for web designers for graphic designers they have a team almost working around them to create this really beautiful presence online. So if you're really good at that sort of stuff, you can be quite frugal and just do it yourself. Um, I know you've done a lot yourself, actually. You, you're really good at making everything look super professional. And it's, I think who's um, done it, all, right? It's all Microsoft Word. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember um, Word Art when you used to be able to like create rainbow colored text and stuff? <laughs> yeah, that's what it is yeah that's what it is well, yeah. that's a perfect example of using your own skills to create something that looks really good and really slick and you know you don't have to spend on those kind of things really so um yeah if you've got the talent use, use that's it. really good no that's really good actually those tips and how you don't actually need to invest that much you kind of just need to get going so um that's actually really useful and your website's beautiful the artwork and the logo so I had a bit of a stalk on there before um this interview um so so far do you have any career highlights what's been some kind of standout brands that you've worked with definitely BBC I think you know in the UK everyone everyone knows the BBC I think even 
further afield than that, everyone's heard of the BBC. So when they got in touch, it almost felt like absolute imposter syndrome. Like they want recipes. Oh my God, what if their team make them and they try them and they're awful and, you know, have all these thoughts flooding into your head of why me? Why, why on earth would they ask me to do this? You know, there are so many better people out there and... But then actually, when I just took a moment, I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. I was like, I think I even rang my ba- my parents. I was like, the BBC have got in touch with me. <laughs> so, really not playing it cool. And that's another thing. So many people you see on social media, they're like, oh, yeah, here's a project I've just done with the BBC. And they're so, like, nonchalant. Whereas I'm like, this is so cool. <laughs> so I have zero chill. I need to work on that. Um, definitely definitely BBC and and I love working with um I've worked with a few people um time and time again and that's like Panasonic you know I got to go to Japan with them I just I love the relationship that I've I've got with that company they're brilliant and um Cauldron is another one that I just I love working with they're such a lovely team as well so I think they're my my sort of favorites and yeah I love working with them amazing for the listeners that don't know this so you write recipes for BBC food and you also were featured on the evening news so I remember you went in to help families out to eat more plant-based meals yeah that was a really fun project actually it was um it was just one family so I, I mean I hope it was only one because that's all they could fit in and not because it was a disaster and they thought we're never gonna get her to do it again <laughs> but, um, that was really fun actually that was um yeah, I, I'm not really used to being in front of a camera. So that was also a really weird experience to sort of be um, the person in front of it as opposed to behind it. But yeah, it was it was fun being with the kids as well. Like kids are so honest. I think to, one of them really liked the food that we'd made. And the other one was like, I don't really like it. You know, it's just, they're so honest. So I love, I love anything working with kids. They're brilliant. Yeah, no, I think it's, did you learn or like pick up any experiences working directly with, people eating your food, what there any misconceptions about eating vegan food or what what kind of response um, did you get or did you learn anything? Yeah, I think um, the most direct kind of experience with that would be the yoga retreats that I've done. Um, the first one with Coco Flow, that was brilliant because I was literally sat, you know, eating the same food with everyone else. And I almost was worried. I was like, oh God, are they going to feel really awkward if, they don't like it I'm sort of sat opposite them like do you like it is it good you know but actually the feedback was great because hardly any of them were plant-based I think literally like one or two of them and the rest of them were like I was really worried about the retreat and if I was going to be you know really hungry and not like the food but actually everything's been really good and um you know some of them have gone home and then they've recreated the recipes that I did at the retreat saying I've made this for my husband and he really likes it and it's now a weekly staple and I made you a banana bread and that is like the best feeling in the world because it's debunking that kind of preconceived idea that vegan food is really boring and just green salad or something. I don't know. I love that. I think that that is probably the way to go to prove how delicious and normal it can actually be. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's really good. So I know that social media has been a really big method that you've used. What's your favourite channel? Because I know you're on YouTube as well, and so you've mentioned LinkedIn. Are there any other channels that you use for social media? Um, I'm I'm really 
terrible at gri gripping uh, or grasping the concept of new social media. So, I mean, I've uploaded a few videos onto YouTube, but I'm by no means a YouTuber. There are plenty of people who just seem to take to it like a Dr. Water. But I think, again, because I'm almost a bit, I don't really like being in front of the camera very much. So that, to me, almost feels a little bit unnatural. So I need to try and find a way to make that fit with um, my sort of style. But um, Instagram, it just is. I, I think it's because I've built the biggest audience on there. And I feel like I've got a direct communication. You know, I can just ask questions and love having chats with people through direct messages and stuff. So I think for me, it's still my favorite app. Um, but I tell you what, <laughs> I've, I've downloaded TikTok. I know I'm such an old person because I definitely see it as I'm not a contributor. I'm very much like I watch, I don't contribute. But it is such a fun platform. I think, I think Instagram are trying to take a bit of what TikTok have by introducing reels because it is it's fun it's quick it's you know you get absorbed into it and it's really it's a really fun um app and a fun platform to be on at the moment so we could can we expect any tiktok videos coming from Lisa? <laughs> I, don't, I think i'm too old i think kids would watch this like oh bless her she tried <laughs> I think um, you have to definitely have sort of a level of humour. Uh, you have to be really funny on it. And I think I'd just, uh, yeah, I think people would be like, oh, bless her. <laughs> so I think I'm much more of a contributor. Uh, sorry, not a contributor. I'll, I'll keep my eyes peeled just in case you fancy it. <laughs> so there are so many vegan sort of, there's vegan chefs now and health coaches and a lot of Instagram um, sort of vegan profiles. What do you think um, has been your strategy to stand out from the crowd? Oh, that is the, that is the golden question, Sarah. <laughs> um, again, this is um, a typical thing of imposter syndrome because actually I, I don't think I am very good at standing out in a way. I think I'm very lucky in the sense that I built a lovely platform of people very early on and I've sort of huddled them almost. I'm so grateful that I have them and kept on to them. But in terms of like, if you were to say to me, you know, if you're going to break onto Instagram now as a brand new person, you know, you've never done this before, how would you stand out? I think for me, the, the accounts that I love and I really thrive from are people like the happy pair. Um, Joe Wicks, the body coach, he's not vegan at all, but he is just the most, I mean, he's Marmite. Some people love him. Some people really don't. I love him. I think he's great. And I think it's people that have infectious energy and they just want to share stuff that's good and help you and and you and they're honest. They're not pretentious. They're not trying to sell you a fake life at all. They're just telling you, you know, here's some that I ate, it's fantastic. Or, you know, I'm going in the ocean, it's 5 a.m. And that's the happy pair, they're insane. But I think it's for people that really are showing you their real selves and it, they're not trying to sell you anything they're just trying to be really honest and helpful I think that's a really good way to go about it you've got integrity it'll always work it'll always you'll always get people respecting and valuing your content I love that I think you mentioned that earlier think of what you can do to help others not worrying about what you're putting out yes yeah yeah, that's brilliant. I really like that. Very good advice. Thank you. And I know you've also, um, obviously not during here, 